Did the San Francisco 49ers get hosed on the 2023 schedule? They have the least rest of any team in the NFL. Croc, we've been accused of being anti-Brock Purdy on this podcast. we got to respond to that coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BB Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to the everydayers. And uh, we got to respond to some things today, Croc, because we've been accused of some things. And so um, we in the next segment, we're going to respond to whether or not we're pro or anti Brock Purdy or any player on the San Francisco 49ers roster. And I do think the San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation, as it has been for years now, is sort of a Rorschach test. But uh, first, and uh, we, we talked a little bit about it on the Winky Wednesday pod, Croc, with the 49ers schedule. And we've I've been continually asked about it since then. The, the listeners want us to go a little bit deeper into the schedule release. And if the 49ers are getting hosed here um, uh, by the uh, by the schedule makers and um, it, most of it stems from in, uh, Warren Sharp at Sharp Football on Twitter does his yearly you know schedule release thing and, and looks at a number of factors with the schedule. And the 49ers being a West Coast team, Croc, always travel a lot. Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers routinely have the most air, air I want to say air yardage. We're not talking about quarterbacks uh, yet, um, but mileage flying across the country just because, you know, there's just more teams in the East than the West. And every time you go play somebody, even if it's in the Central Division, you're usually traveling, you know, thousands of miles. Um, so that's not a surprise to see. Seahawks won 49ers two as far as how much they have to travel this year. And the 49ers aren't even going overseas. But I'm going to put it up on the screen actually here. Uh, and this from Warren Sharp talking about net rest and how which teams have the most and least rest in the NFL versus their opponents. And the 49ers shock have a shockingly little amount of rest compared to their opponents. They're minus 20 days compared to their opponents because of rest, because of playing teams coming off of bye weeks, the Jaguars, the Browns, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals coming off of bye weeks. And the 49ers are minus 20 days, which is the least amount of rest in the NFL. The New York jets have the most rest as far as net, rest edge they have a positive 12 day rest advantage so that's an entire month's worth of rest if it's if you're comparing uh po- getting 12 extra days rest compared to your opponents are the new york jets in minus 20 days that's 32 yeah. days difference between the top and the bottom in the nfl and uh you know some of that is because of primetime games and then you know just the luck of having some teams that are coming off a of bye that are playing the 49ers the very next week. What are your thoughts here? Do the 49ers get hosed on this by the schedule makers? The 49ers also have two Thursday night games, so that kind of, you know, kind of skews it. But then you have, like, uh, I guess a longer rest day. Into a, mini the buy. Day. a mini buy, as Kyle Shanahan likes to call it. Yeah, uh, I, I'd say this, and I know people are going to make a big deal out of this and with the travel, but at the end of the day, the 49ers and what they have to do, and I feel like what they've done is, Good coaching, you you just prepare for it. And you have a plan, and you stick to that plan. Hey, this is what our travel is going to be. And then you execute. And I think they've done a really good job of that. Now, the, the tough thing this year, as opposed to previous years, is there's there's not that stay 
where's it? Ohio, Youngstown, Ohio, where they usually stay at. Yeah, yeah, or the, the Greenbrier, the Greenbrier in in West Virginia has been the one the last couple of years, and so since they are in uh, in Cleveland, and then they play the Minnesota Vikings. Maybe since they're in Ohio, maybe they stay Youngstown. Maybe they go Greenbrier. Maybe they come all the way back home. Maybe they try to stay somewhere closer to Minnesota. Maybe they don't at all. I don't know. You would prefer to just be home because right. you just have everything as your normal setup, your normal routine, and I think most people do better while. You know, being able to stick to your routine. But for the 49ers, man, it comes down to just being ready, being prepared. And that's one thing. It feels like Kyle Shanahan always has them prepared, regardless of less rest days or the more mileage that they have to clock in at. Taking a look at this chart from Warren Sharp. And if you're on YouTube, you can see the chart on the screen here. Uh, if not, I'll try to explain it. So basically, the 49ers have um, uh, minus eight days of rest versus their one of their opponents, which is so the 49ers have uh, not only the the week, you know, not only an extra week of rest for their opponent with a bye week, but I believe they're on 40, they're on Monday night football. So that's even one more day more. So they have, which is the most, which is the biggest difference in rest on the entire schedule of any team in the NFL. The 49ers play Monday night and then come back and play a team that's coming off a bye. And I don't remember which one of those games. It might be the Cincinnati game, actually, where so that means there's uh negative eight days of rest versus their opponent. Their opponent gets eight more days of rest than the 49ers do that week. And then two more negative seven days. Then there's a negative three and a negative one. And the 49ers have only two games where they have positive net rest. And those are those mini buys or the games after the Thursday night games where they got plus three days on, on those two two uh those two days of the schedule. So the 49ers minus 20 days of net rest disadvantage is the worst in the entire NFL. I, I don't know how big of a deal it is. I think it has to factor in somehow crock and you would know more than me because you've been jet setting around the country recently. The last couple of years crock you've, you fly almost every single week somewhere like your net rest compared to mine is way more than negative 20 days. Cause you're flying all around the, the country. You're always on the move uh, and I, I don't know what does it how much does it affect you right because i hey look i haven't noticed your performance on the podcast falling off at all say. yeah i i would say i do feel it at times and it's not like every week but sometimes like yeah i think i'm tired and like today was one of those days where i had a really busy day uh, i had to tend to my pool trying to clean my pool and and then i had to train people and then i had to train some women then i had to go back and and then okay we got to record a podcast and it was just like tired you know so i think it does start to catch up with you and i think that's what i would look forward to with with the 49ers towards the the last quarter of the season do you see any drop off in their play from just just being tired you know and i think when we think of just tired it's like oh i need to take a nap but for me like just physically i'm i i'm tired like i feel like i need to take some days off, you know, like having that type of feeling. So do the 49ers start to feel that later in the year? Right. And then you, you start talking about a really long season when you get into the playoffs. If you don't have one of those bye weeks, you know, you're talking about 20 weeks of football and you've already had a negative 20 versus your opponents. What if you're going on the road in the playoffs and the 49ers have been road warriors in the playoffs in recent years and been really good at, at winning those road games. But 
uh, is caught up with them, you know, on the road in those final games. So you wonder if, you know, rest has something to do with that. And, and then seasons on top of seasons too, you can get worn down. So I would say if any aspect of the 49ers schedule that could work against them, when I first saw the schedule, I, you know, there are five trips out East. Will they try to combine one, a couple of those trips into one trip? It's, it, it doesn't look like a schedule that is that difficult for the 49ers as far as, oh, man, they really got hosed. But this is the one aspect of it where, yeah, you know what? You could really start to see them get worn down at some point in the season, especially with some opponents that are just, you know, a little bit more well-rested than you. But, you know, there's there's rest versus rust, too. And we see teams coming off bye weeks all the time that don't even look that great. So maybe it's even overrated in some aspects. It could be. And there were some interesting teams at the bottom there. I think I saw the LA Rams. I want to say I saw Kansas City Chiefs. And those are teams that probably, if you ask them, have high expectations for, you know, the outcome of their season. And they kind of have to deal with it as well. So it's tough because it is somewhat of a disadvantage. But I think with good coaching, you know, you don't understand how to prepare for that. Less days and pads, uh, maybe more walkthroughs that week. It does kind of lessen your uh you know preparation but if you are used to kind of making those type of adjustments and you have a veteran team like the 49ers do then you can you can make that work and i think if i had to guess kyle shanahan will i'm sure be asked about this once he speaks you know post schedule reveal and he'll be asked that question and he'll probably say it's not a big deal at all he'll say you got to be ready for it we don't know if we're going to be alive Sunday. You know, I, I think that's probably what the, the company line is going to be. You, you got to get ready. You got to get ready to play your opponent, no matter, no matter what the circumstance is. Did you, you mentioned the chiefs there, Croc. Did you know that the Kansas city chiefs last year had the youngest, the, the, the snap percentage versus age in the NFL. They had the youngest roster in the league. Really? surprised the heck out of me when I saw that. It's kind of scary. It is scary. Because you are talking about a team who got rid of Tyreek Hill, and you're like, oh, man, then they lost to Traverius Ward, right? They're losing some pieces that really contributed to them, you know, being good. And it's like, oh, you know, they got to be not tanking, but, you know, just kind of a, a reload a little bit. And it's like, no, I've got the youngest guys. are still going to go win the Super Bowl. doesn't matter. Scary. Well, that's what you could do when you have a quarterback like Mahomes. Well, right. and, and so that's what you're chasing if you're other NFL teams, right? You're chasing a superstar quarterback. And I think that kind of ties into what we're talking about next with the San Francisco 49ers. We've been accused, Croc, of, of being anti-Brock Purdy. So I want to talk a little bit about the quarterback position here. And we, we've talked about it a lot you know, on this podcast for at least – three years solid. I feel like <laughs> almost every episode, right? It's never ending. And I think it does something to the psyche of fans. So let's talk quarterback. Are we anti or pro Brock Purdy or any other quarterback on the roster next? Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Built Bar. I know you're looking for the delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and calories. Everybody is. It's exactly what you're looking for. It's what I'm looking for. So what do I do? I grab a Built Bar because that's exactly what Built Bar is. Low in sugar, low in calories, yet high in protein, and it's the best. Did I say protein? I meant protein, but, uh, you know, I, I think protein fits as well as it pertains to Built Bars. The best tasting protein bar ever. You got to get to Built.com and try it out. 
healthy can taste amazing and just some unbelievable flavors that I don't know how they're able to do it, but they pull it off at built.com. Some of the latest flavors right now, they got my OG peanut butter bar back, which I love already got a box on the way. They got peanut butter puff as well. Red velvet puff, birthday cake puff, coconut brownie strip bar, uh, cookie dough chunk puff. I, I, unbelievable. They even got the granola bars going now at built.com. You got the protein bites as well. So uh, go check out built.com. Find all the flavors. There's new flavors happening all the time. And not only can you find all the flavors and varieties at built.com, you can find them in your local Walmart and Sam's Club shelves as well. And what really sets off built bars is they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate, not some fake chocolate brown substance, actual real chocolate. And you feel like you're getting a treat yet. It's low in calorie, only 130 calories in most built bars, only four grams of sugar in most built bars, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. So go check it out. Walmart, Sam's club built.com. And you can thank us later. So what do you think? I've gotten a lot of this recently, Croc, and we're seeing it again. I think it happens. I I think it's just the nature of of football fans and sports fans. And I know you've dealt with a lot of weirdness with uh, fans recently because of your rooting interest in the Los Angeles Lakers during the playoffs and a lot of 49ers fans that are also Golden State Warriors fans. And uh, it gets a little personal at times. And I want to go to George on Twitter. Shout out to George. I know he's a longtime listener, frequently tweets at us. And uh, so I appreciate all all the everydayers out there. And if you're new to the pod, make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and wherever you find your podcasts. But George says, is there a podcast or media figure who is pro Purdy. There's lots of pro Trey coverage, and there's even murmurs about Darnold that keep coming up. Where's the love for Purdy? It feels like it's just assumed he's going to fail. And I find that insane based on what we've said on this podcast that someone would listen to us and think that we're anti-Brock Purdy or that we expect him to fail in some way, Croc. I'd say that, the and maybe this is why you don't hear so much other Brock Purdy coverage. I think we just expect him to be the starter. (laughs) So there's like no mystery there. I don't feel like there's anything to talk about as it pertains to that. I mean, we've said time and time again, if he's healthy, which it looks like he's on that right track right now, he is the week one starter. Now we have tried to look at it from, you know, different side of things as it pertains to Trey Lance and just not knowing who Lance is. So I would like to know, you know, I would love a, a, alternative universe alternate universe where we just get to find out what Trey Lance is without it derailing the season and I don't know if you can do that but I would like to just see hey can I just see four straight games of Lance and what that may look like before moving completely on from him I think if there is any at least from my tone and just what I think about the quarterback position we talked about Patrick Mahomes we know that there's only one Patrick Mahomes but there are a lot of good quarterbacks in the in the NFL when the 49ers are about to play the Philadelphia Eagles, we were looking at the teams and felt like they were pretty evenly matched. And maybe you give the edge to the Eagles in certain areas. But the one main area that we did give them the edge, just with who their quarterback was, was well, Jalen Hurts is just better than Brock Purdy. At least that eight starts into his career, Brock Purdy, or seven starts, whatever it was. Not saying that he's going to be better long term, but at that point, it just felt like, hey, they, they got the better quarterback. And we dealt with that a lot with Jimmy Garoppolo, where you head into the player playoffs and you have to count on the team being really good around Jimmy Garoppolo because it just felt like probably got the worst quarterback in the, in the NFC, right? But he's in a great system that could... In the NFC playoffs. Right, in the NFC playoffs, excuse me. 
not in the NFC, in the NFC playoffs. But he's in a great position to where, hey, this team, the defense is cooking and Debo rips off some runs and George Kittle does his thing. Then 49ers, who are a good team and very well coached, they still win. I personally feel like, and now this is just me speaking, you want Trey Lance to be the guy. You want Trey Lance to be what you expected him to be to reach the ceiling because you do want that Mahomes. You do want that dynamic quarterback. And Trey Lance gives you the best chance to have that caliber of guy. And that's no slight at Brock Purdy. I think he's going to be terrific. Seems like he's going to be a solid starter. But it just seems like he's in the same tier as, you know, and maybe he's higher in the tier than the Jimmy Garoppolo, but kind of a Jimmy, uh, a Carr, a Kirk Cousins. He's kind of in that tier of guys, which is good. But it's hard to count on them to be the reason why you win playoff games. So you just want somebody to do a little bit more. Trey Lance has that ability. We just don't know if he ever will be. So that's not pro Trey Lance. It was just, I hope he ends up being what we think. Because if not, we're probably going to be having this conversation about uh, not even so much Brock Purdy, but probably putting it more on Kyle Shanahan. Oh, why can't Kyle win the big game? Why can't, you know, why didn't this happen? Why didn't that happen? When really it's, well, your quarterback just might not be able to make that extra play that when it comes down to it, we see Patrick Mahomes do time and time again. And it's not like he's like great 24-7 in every game. He throws a lot of interceptable passes. And I'm talking about Mahomes. A lot of interceptable passes. He will turn the ball over. Um, he'll do some weird things. But when push comes to shove and you got the ball in his hands at the end of a game, you feel more confident with him than probably any other quarterback. And then you know when he is on what that looks like. And we've seen that with the 49ers where it's like, dang, has he thrown an incompletion yet? He's thrown 500 yards, what, 400 yards, whatever it is. Uh, and it's just like, well, I don't know if Purdy's that type of quarterback, which you don't need on this team right now, but there will be a time where you do need it. That's well said, Croc. Uh, when, yeah, there's a, there's a certain thing with Patrick Mahomes where it's almost like Steph Curry where – even if he's missing early in the game, like he just hit that hot streak, you know, and all of a sudden the fourth quarter, he's like, Patrick Mahomes always gets better into the fourth quarter. And if he does some weird stuff early in the game, all of a sudden it's like, okay, I got to go down the field and score. It feels like the Chiefs always go down the field and score when they need to at the end of the game. Um, and and so, you know, physically, Brock Purdy just doesn't match up to some of those players. And so uh, Brock Purdy was awesome. I love watching Brock Purdy. The 49ers are, if Brock Purdy's the 49ers guy going forward, they're going to be good and he's going to be good. And I've said multiple times that the Brock Purdy's played the best. It was the best quarterback play Kyle Shanahan has had since 2017 when he joined the 49ers. Like that's what Brock Purdy was doing. He was awesome. But for me, it's just about closing the door. So I'm not closing the door on anybody. And uh, the 49ers need to see through this Trey Lance thing a little bit more and find out what exactly they have. Because someone like Josh Allen, who was, you know, if you close the door on him after his first two years and there wasn't even an injury involved there, you would, you know, you would have gone with a quarterback who was worse if you had Kirk Cousins on your roster. And so that's sort of the comparison I always make with with Brock Birdie. It's like I have a pretty good feeling right now that that like Kyle found his Kirk Cousins. Right. And I, yeah. I think that that Brock Purdy's in that Kirk Cousins tier of NFL quarterbacks going forward and a lot cheaper. So that's a really good place for the 49ers to be. So Kyle kind of got his accidentally almost got his, you know, they went and drafted him and they liked him, but he got his Brock Purdy and they got their quarterback without, you know, trying is at least trying as hard as they, they tried to get Trey Lance and, and Jimmy Garoppolo and some other quarterbacks, even CJ Beathard. But I'm not ready to say that 
that Brock Purdy is Drew Brees or that he's Joe Montana. Like we just haven't seen enough of this guy yet. We 49ers fans, if anybody should know what it's like to see Jimmy Garoppolo light it up at the end of a season, get really excited. You sign him long-term and then kind of never gets better, even regresses in some ways. And then there's some injuries. It's like, you know, yeah, it sounds familiar, right? Like we just don't know enough to, close the door on someone as physically talented as Trey Lance that the 49ers liked enough, not only on the field, but off the field and, you know, neck up to be a a franchise quarterback. Like if, if the worst thing that happens is the 49ers trot Trey Lance out there for four weeks and he falls on his face and they go back to a, a fully healthy, that's had time to practice Brock Purdy. You're in good shape. Right. But the really, the thing you can't do is, you choose the right now and you end up with Kirk Cousins and you close the door on someone who could have been Josh Allen. That, that's where the 49ers can't do that. And that's that's where I'm coming from with this is like, I really like what I've seen from Brock, Brock, from Brock Purdy. I think he's going to be a really good NFL quarterback, but I think they need to do their diligence on Trey Lance and see that through as much as possible before just closing that door and saying, nope, we're done. Eight games, Brock Purdy coming off an injury. You're the guy. The second you can play, you're playing for us. I, I just don't think that's the right way to go about it. And and that's not to say that Trey Lance will be this special quarterback. He might be a complete bust. He might be terrible. We, we, I mean, but but I think there's enough evidence to know he's not terrible, too. That's the other thing. Like, we've seen him make some plays and throw the ball. And, like, he can drive a deep out, whereas – you know, Brock Purdy can't like he can make throws that Brock Purdy can't doesn't mean he's going to be a better quarterback, but there's a ceiling there. And I think you need to see it through. That's that's where I'm coming from with the Trey Lance stuff. And it's not anti Brock Purdy at all. And that's where fans are like it's a Rorschach test. You hear somebody say one good thing about somebody. That doesn't mean you're tearing the other guy down. Like maybe Brock Purdy is Drew Brees or Joe Montana. We just don't know that yet after eight games. I think it's kind of foolish to expect what we saw from Brock Purdy for that to continue. And then guess what? If that does continue, now you pay Brock Purdy. No, well, now you're not going to have Christian McCaffrey's and Debo's and Kittle's and Trent Trent Williams. Like those guys aren't going to be around because you're not going to be able to pay everybody around your really expensive franchise quarterback. Is he going to hook your team to his back like a Patrick Mahomes can? And you can have the youngest roster in the league around a Brock Purdy, right? Is that how good Brock Purdy is going to be? Maybe he is, but I, we don't have that evidence yet. And we keep throwing him in that tier of Kirk Cousins, who I think, and, and that's the thing, right? Like because you just hear Kirk Cousins. And I think some people will be like, well, Kirk, Cous- Kirk Cousins is a damn good quarterback. Top half the league, yeah. But when you have to pay Kirk Cousins as much as he makes and it's all this guaranteed money, how good have the Minnesota Vikings been? Right? I mean, they had the one year where they played the 49ers in the divisional round. And have they you – know, I could be wrong. Have they been to the playoffs since? Well, last year they had a negative point differential and still won somehow like 13 games or whatever. It was. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That was wild last year, and and but they've been kind of in this purgatory area where they have a good enough quarterback and a good enough team where they're not bad enough to draft a you know another quarterback, but they're not good enough to really go anywhere. Nobody is scared of the Vikings. No one was scared of the Vikings. Everyone was hoping to get the Vikings last year, even though they won thirteen games in the playoffs. Who did they play in the playoffs? Uh, why can't I? Why am I drawing the blank? He was. I think they are one and done against Philly, or no? It was the Giant? No. Yeah, the the, the, the Giants. It might have been the Giants. They lost in the first round against whoever it was. Yeah, so... Cowboys? No, Cowboys played Tampa. 49ers played Seahawks. That's right. Tampa was sub-500 and in the playoffs. So just that's the thing, right? Where having a guy that's good enough to kind of overcome those things, and we do not know if Trey Lance is that guy. 
But I do know if he reaches his full potential, then he is capable of being that caliber of quarterback. The issue is you don't know if he'll ever be that. The chances of it happening are probably, you know, slimmer. But it won't hurt you to try to find that out, right? Like to, like you said, do your due diligence on finding that that out. And I think people will say, oh, you're pro Lance. No, I'm pro having an elite, talented quarterback. Yeah, and having the best like quarterback. And, and who's not let him the out. Most, you know, he's not the most dynamic runner, but he has a lot of traits where just throws that he can make to all the levels of the field, his aggressiveness to push the ball down the field. There are some good things there if he can just be more consistent with it. We don't know if he can. It's been a very, very, very small sample size of just not really playing a whole lot of football. So can they figure it out? And if, like you said, he becomes somebody where you're, it's very clear, mm, not good enough. They're cool. You got Brock Purdy and he's good, but you likely will have to really keep a very, very talented roster around them, which Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have done a really good job of building this team. And maybe they are able to sustain that. And Brock Purdy will be good enough to all have you always good. But I think to win almost like Jimmy G, which Brock might be better than Jimmy G. You know, we're still talking about very, you know, early stages in his career, but, uh, you know, have a good team around you, and who knows how far Fortnite can go or how much they can win with even the Brock Purdy. And I think uh, I'm excited about even what that would look like. Yeah, and as fun as the Brock Purdy run was, it wasn't, like, perfect, and there was some weird stuff that he did and some interceptions that weren't caught. And so uh, I think if, if if you went back and you saw, rewatched it with, a, you know, a scout's eye maybe instead of a fan's eye, and you might say, okay, well, I understand where Peacock and Crocker are coming from here to not just anoint Brock yet, and he might be the dude. He might be the next Joe Montana. And there was a lot of moxie there. there it was really fun watching him play. The best story of the season. Like, nothing cooler than seeing – the entire stadium chanting his name when Tom Brady's on the opposite sideline yeah. and just dicing him up. And his dad's like crying in the, uh, in the stands. Like that was amazing. That's one of the coolest moments I've seen covering the 49ers. I think one of the things that come to mind, I was sitting there at the Washington commander game and just looking at that game and how it felt, especially in the first half, it was kind of ugly. Right. And I think the 49ers scored one touchdown. It was the Ray Ray McLeod 75 yard end around to kind of get things going a little bit. And then you look at the final score, and it's like, wow, 49ers score all these points. But, again, looking at it from not even just a scout's eye, but trying to just, okay, who's Brock Purdy? In the second half, you see the 49ers score all these points, but I'm looking at some of the plays, and it's like, okay, you threw an out route to to Brandon Ayuk, and he takes it 60 yards. You know, you throw a five-yard pass to George Kittle, and he takes it 50 yards into the end zone. You see George Kittle so wide open between him and Ray Ray McLeod. I don't even know who he was throwing it to, but he just threw the ball as far as he could, and both those guys were open fighting for the ball in the end zone. So I think, And then you look at the other side of it where the 49ers settled for like three field goals when the defense gave them the ball in their own territory three different times in scoring position, and you came over with like three field goals during that time. So that's not to say that any of that Brock Purdy fought. And again, he can continue to improve and do very well, and I think he did a good job of taking advantage of the opportunity that presented itself, but there were some things where it's just like, I would like to see a little bit more before I just 100% crown him. There's a lot of good things to go off of, but I I would assume that we learned a little bit more from that Jimmy Garoppolo situation. Right, yeah, and like, you know, let's, let's, see, let's see a couple games of Trey Lance with McCaffrey and and George Kittle, you know, he barely had George Kittle playing for him when, when he played quarterback in the NFL. And one time, uh, yeah, one, one game. That's right. Yeah. So, 
just let's see a little more. Let's learn more about these guys and and then make that informed decision. And um, I, I do think Brock Purdy is a really good quarterback, though, and, and, and really fun to watch and an easy player to root for as well. So th- this podcast is absolutely not an anti Brock Purdy podcast uh, at, at all. We're, we're just, uh, you know, we, we, we just call it as we see it. And um, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun either way. And I know it's it's hard for some fans and um, you get your rooting interest. And I would say, don't just don't don't claim a quarterback yet. Enjoy the ride a little bit and and, and root for the guy who's in there. You know what I mean? That that's that's the way I would probably advise because like the whole Jimmy thing and the pro and anti Jimmy and uh it, it was just, very it, weird. It's weird and it got tiring too. It's just like man, it, and Jimmy at least we knew who he was a little bit more and we got to know who he was a little bit more with with Purdy and Lance. We just don't know yet. We just have no idea. It's not going to like, and look, if Purdy's the guy and he's really good, it's still not going to probably look as good as it looked at the end of the year. You know, that was a nice little stretch of schedule against some teams that were, that were really beatable. And, um, you know, he's not going to, it's not going to be like, he was the best quarterback in the NFL statistically during that stretch. Maybe he will be the statistically best quarterback for the next 10 years in the NFL. Right. Uh, but don't expect that either because then, then Brock Purdy might let you down like Jimmy Garoppolo did too. And they turned on Jimmy really fast. Yeah. Not just the fans, but the media. Remember, every week it was, would the 49ers be better if they had Kirk Cousins? Would the 49ers be better if they had Dak Prescott? Who's better, Jimmy Garoppolo or this guy? Is, is 49ers, are they going to go after Tom Brady? I mean, once it was, they saw like a little bit of, mm, I think we kind of know what Jimmy G is, right? After he played a full year, after you went to the Super Bowl, people were calling for his job, kind of. I mean, and that was, I mean, it was pretty fast the way it happened yeah and look defensive coordinators and defensive players get paid too and these these folks have you know all that tape now to crunch and get ready for the 49ers the brock purdy 49ers it's not going to be a sneak attack anymore they're they're going to prepare for him so how does brock purdy adjust to the uh, adjustments so that that'll be a really interesting thing to watch too as brock purdy plays i just don't don't force him in like i hear kyle talk about how we expect brock to be ready for camp like don't force it in there, especially if he's not even a hundred percent, right? Or like, let it play out. Make sure Brock is healthy, and give Trey a shot to win or lose the job is is what I want to see. And then may you know whoever's the best quarterback go play the best stinking quarterback, right? Right. I think uh, Trey having that opportunity will be like right now. Like right now, Trey has to do the things to put himself in position to just have that type of opportunity. Is he doing the right things during OTAs, which I think starts Monday? Yep. You know, where you're actually on the field and throwing against a defense. Like that's a real thing. And for some veterans, like in in Aaron Rodgers, doesn't matter. But for Trey Lance, every snap, every throw matters. So what does that look like? And do you start to instill more confidence in your coaches and your teammates? And then if so, how do you build that going towards training camp? And Will there be legit competition? That that's that's something that uh, is possible, but that's up to Trey. And if he doesn't do the right things, then he just won't. And then yep. you know you get to watch Brock Purdy. And yep. all right, let's go, Brock Purdy. <laughs> yep, absolutely, yeah. And and the other thing, and we talked about this yesterday a little bit, is how much how quickly things change in the NFL. You think about OTAs, like the the time between right now and the end of training camp. 
that's longer than Brock Purdy has played quarterback for the 49ers for those stretch of games, right? Like that's how quickly things can change and, and how you can gain or lose confidence and, and gain and lose confidence of those around you. So yeah. Um, interesting. It'll be really interesting. And, and I want to see Trey get his shot and then what he does with his shot is the, is the biggest key there. It's up to him. That's not a pro Trey Lance. That's not a, all we're against no way rock purdy or anything like that just want i'm to excited see to see i just see what it looks like i can't wait to see all of them like i want to see what brought what uh what sam darnold looks like in a 49ers uniform right like i don't expect him to be any different than the guy that turns it over twice a game but i'm interested to see you know better coaching staff better team i'm it would kind of kind of be shocking if he didn't have the if it wasn't the best version of sam darnold right but i'm really excited to see trey i'm really excited to see year two of brock purdy as well if this was what two years ago, I think there was a little bit more optimism. Well, I shouldn't say more optimism. I'd say it was probably around what we're hearing now. Now I heard, you know, I saw Lewis Riddick come out and say, "Hey, what I'm hearing is they actually really do believe that Sam Darnold fits with what they do." And I, I could see the Forty Nineers thinking that. Like I could see them thinking, "Hey, you know how he plays and and some of the things he's able to do on the move. I like it." But then you also, you know, you look at just how he has played. And someone threw out his stats. Maybe it was you yesterday. But in his last game, I think the Panthers might have won. And he completed like five out of 15 passes, <laughs> like two interceptions or something crazy, but they won. You know, it no, was like, they, actually, they lost that game. They were four okay. and two. They're four and two at the end of the year. The, the week before, I think he did throw three touchdowns and maybe okay. one interception, had like 300 yards. Then the last game of the season, he was five for 15. 45 total passing yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. So that's the most recent game from uh, from Sam Darnold. It was uh, you know division rival against the, uh, the Saints. It was Panthers Saints to end the season last year. So look, he's still he's still been that guy, even though he had that quote unquote stretch at the end of the year that maybe looked a little better. I don't know, um, but uh, that reminds me of Zach Wilson. People talked about his last six games and like he didn't turn the ball over the last six games. Uh, Heading into 2022, but then you look at the numbers and it's like, yeah, he threw for 50 yards in this game, threw for 70 yards in this game, but he didn't throw a pick. So I guess that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, it's wild. Look, it's not easy to play quarterback in the NFL, and uh, so yeah, Brock Purdy might have a special something that the other guys just don't have, and it does seem like there is something there, and there's something to Brock Purdy. Absolutely, it's fun watching him play. It's but it was fun watching the 49ers offense last year, but this is this year. Can't wait to see how it all turns out for the 49ers at the quarterback position. Croc, I think we've got to tease that that NBA versus NFL conversation for another time when we have a little bit more time to talk about it. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit on uh, on tomorrow's live episode uh, as we go live on YouTube Thursday night for the Friday morning audio pod. I do want to thank everybody once again for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to the everydayers and make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast, Croc and I, back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers.